Welcome to the By Words Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Hughes. I love helping passionate women gain clarity about their purpose so they can kick fear to the curb, break up with the hustle, and say goodbye to the lies that hold us back from pursuing our dreams wholeheartedly. We're going to get open and honest, share some laughs, and maybe some tears. But at the end of the day, my hope is that you will walk away encouraged, inspired, and ready to step into your purpose with confidence. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive right in. Love is powerful. It eradicates fear, brings us together, and equips us to live out our purpose in the earth. Honestly, I'm not sure there's a problem love couldn't remedy. If you haven't already, be sure to grab your copy of my new book, Love Is Remastered, and join me in making this world a better place by learning to love more intentionally than ever before. This book also supports Traffic 911, which is a local nonprofit that helps youth coming out of human trafficking in Dallas-Fort Worth. You can get yours today at thehannahughes.com slash shop. That's thehannahughes.com slash shop. Okay, now let's get into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the By Words Podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I am ready for today's conversation. We're talking about friendship and you know, there's a lot to it, (laughs) but I'm really looking forward to this conversation, especially because I have my friend Molly Wilcox here with us and I know you're going to love her as much as I do. Molly is a writer based out of Nashville, Tennessee, and she's a lover of Jesus, mountains, and poetry. She's a wife to her finance-obsessed husband and dog mom to her mini golden doodle puppy. She's always on the lookout for an adventure, whether it's across the country or at a new coffee shop down the road. Molly, thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to dive into this conversation. Me too. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. Oh my gosh, of course. As we're getting started, would you mind just telling us a little bit about your own story and experience with friendships? Yeah, absolutely. I love talking about friendship, um, mainly because I've been through a lot of transitions. And for me, a lot of those transitions happened really fast. And so while I was kind of transitioning seasons of life and location, I noticed a lot of changes happening in my friendships. Um, So to give you some context, I went to college in Indiana, met my husband there, and we got married right out of school moved back to Chicago for like a quick couple of months, got married and then moved to Colorado. And I thought Colorado was going to be forever, but it was only for a year. And then we moved to Nashville. So it was like a lot of change really fast from being a student to working full time to being married and then also living kind of all over the country. So I felt like God kind of threw some curveballs my way. Um, So a lot of my friendships kind of transitioned as I was transitioning seasons and locations. So I felt like God used that time to kind of really develop me as a person and change my heart. And then also kind of like get at the core of this message, which is like, what am I looking for in a friend? Like what's actually important in a friendship and kind of what does God want to do in friendships? Because I think my original definition for what I thought a friendship should be was very different from what God wanted for me. So Mm. yeah, that's a little bit of context. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. I mean, even though I haven't moved around a whole lot, I've been in Texas my whole life um, outside of like just doing a, a missions for a little while and, you know, like the college experience, but I understand what you mean about transitions and we can even get more into that later, but just, you know, different seasons of life, friendship looks different and it can be challenging but I do feel like there is something so much deeper there that God wants to show us because I just experienced like you, you really can't do purpose without people. Yeah. Like we need each other so much more than we realize sometimes. And I think we, 
especially in our culture today where it's like hustle and get it done and be your best self and do all the things we, there's not a lot of talk about like community or, you know, inviting other people into the process. So I would love to hear how you think that friendship is connected to our purpose. Yeah. I love everything you just said. I think it's so important. And the conversation is so important because I do think our culture right now kind of isolates those conversations. So it's like, what's your calling and what's your purpose? And then there's like this different conversation about relationships and community where Mm -hmm. I think like Jesus was someone who was constantly in relationship while he was, you know, accomplishing his purpose on earth. Right. That's kind of the model that we should be following. So it's super challenging to think about that. And then also to realize you know, being a friend is actually a huge part of our purpose. So it's like being in relationship with other people is a purpose in and of itself. Um, But yeah, for me, I remember back in high school, actually, when I was looking at different colleges and trying to decide where to go, a mentor said that I should choose whichever place I could surround myself with more people who I wanted to become like. Mm -hmm. And so instead of just choosing like, oh, who has a better program or whatever, she was like, hey, you should choose like where you where you see the people who you want to be like wow. and that, that advice like really changed how I looked for friends like forever. And I still feel like I like go after that advice all the time. Cause I'm like, okay, like, am I around people? And like, am I in close community with people who have like bigger faith than me? Like, mm-hmm. am I around people who pray in a way that I want to pray in? Um, like when we looked for a church, I was like, I want to be around a church that like challenges me. I want to be around people who worship different and like show me a different part of God. Um, and so for me, I think with like our purpose, it's important to have people who are like pushing us, you know, a little bit, like getting us a little bit uncomfortable and being like, Hey, like, I see this gift in you. I see this calling in you. And like, I want to like champion you and push you and tell you like, go after that more. And like, I'm going to be beside you praying for you and um, yeah, things like that. So I think they're super interconnected and it's so interesting that kind of on social media and what we see, it's like these different conversations, but really they're like super intertwined. Like we can't do purpose without people and we can't be in relationship with people without purpose. Wow. Yeah. That is such a good way to look at it. I never really thought about that, how it, it kind of is definitely two conversations and they are so connected, man. And I have definitely noticed for me, as I've gotten older, it's been harder to connect with people. I know that's not everyone's experience, but at least for me, I grew up in the same school my whole life, graduated with 20 people in my class. Most of them I was in first grade with, you know, so it was a very different experience for me, but I just kind of, I guess, had this perspective on friendship that it was like, oh, just people that I hang out with, people that I have fun with. And it wasn't as much of these are people that are going to help me grow. These are people that are going to love me through hard times. This is like, and that's, that's the person I want to be in these friendships. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, these are my friends. But now that I'm an adult, I'm like, I need good, solid friends. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't do the same thing, you know, just to have people to hang out with. You really need those intentional friendships in your life to continue helping you grow, to challenge you, to help you become better, to move you closer to Jesus and all those things. And so like we were talking about going through different stages and places and seasons of life, like, you know, whether it's getting married or starting a business or becoming a mom, like all the things, how do we navigate that? Like, how do we stay connected through change and when life just looks different? Yeah, that's such a good question. I, so I feel like the first time I really wrestled with that was after I was like post-grad and moved to Colorado, newly married. 
And I was one of the first people in my friend groups to get in, to get married. And so I was like, oh man, like I'm navigating this whole thing of like being a wife. Like, what does that mean? And then also mm. moving across the country. And I didn't really know that many people who were in the same situation as me, like it would have been pretty hard to find someone who was also newly married and also had just moved across the country. Yeah. Pretty specific <laughs> circumstance. Um, but I think like looking for those points of connection is really important. And for me in that season, the people who became like really important to me were people who had also been through a big transition. It didn't have to be the same transition, but just any transition at all. Cause I found that they could really relate and provide guidance and talk about like, you know, like what, it, what it feels like to be the new girl or what it feels mm-hmm. like to be in a new role. Um, and so a lot of times I think, you know, like being a new mom or something, like we might not be in the same exact stage, like in the same exact season, but we have those points of connection of like, yeah. oh, I know what it means to like have my identity shift. Like maybe when I quit my full-time job, that felt a lot like, um, becoming a new mom. Cause that's a big identity shift. And so like, I can relate to my friends on that level, even though it's not the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, but what I've found to be most important, honestly, through all those seasonal changes is just being available and being consistent. Cause I had friends who I was like, man, like, I don't even know like what the point of connection is anymore. Like mm-hmm. I've been friends with this person for 10 years or something. And I'm like, I just don't even like feel like there's a point of connection right now. And often a year or two later, there's a new one, you know, Mm, just like continuing to like make those, like make those phone calls, even if they're difficult um, and just stay consistent, even though maybe at the time it's like, I don't really even know where we're connecting right now because a year down the road, you might be in a similar season and be like, oh, wow, I'm so grateful that God like continued to work in that friendship, even though I didn't really understand it at the time. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Cause I, I feel like at least for me, I definitely back myself into a corner where I'm like, nobody understands. I need someone who exactly understands what I'm going through and they just may not. And that's okay. Cause you're right. Like it may not be the exact same, same circumstance, but it could be the same feelings and it could be the same kind of shift. Like you said, and I think that's a really important perspective to have because it's helpful when like, I don't know, at least for me, like I'm hesitant sometimes to initiate those connections. I'm like, they won't get it but maybe they might. I bet a lot more people get it than we think. Um, And you touched on something too, where it's like when friendships change, when there's not that point of connection, it can be really challenging at times to be like, do I continue investing in this relationship right now? Like, how do you know when, when you should invest in relationships or even what relationships to invest in? Cause I, there are seasons I go through where I'm or even when I was a teenager, I just felt like I had to connect with everybody and I had to maintain friendships with everybody. And it just sometimes became too much and it was overwhelming. And I was like, I can't give the same amount of attention and energy to everyone at once anymore. So how do you know who to give like those main investments to, or even just, I don't know, like, how do you, how do you navigate any of that? (laughs) If that makes sense? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I totally relate. I think something that I've been learning too, like just over the last couple of years in adulthood is like, we're limited people, you know, God is the only one who's unlimited. And so it's like, I've kind of been learning to embrace my own limitations. And one of those is in relationships because we can't sustain all of the relationships we've made over the years. It's just not possible. And Mm. sometimes it's like, I mean, you might have a college friend or something that you can like think of and you're like, wow, I loved being her friend for that season, but like, we don't keep up anymore. There's no drama, no hard feelings. It's just like, we just can't keep up anymore for whatever reason. And that's okay. Um, But yeah, I think like, how do you know, how do you know which ones to invest in? It's really like having a relationship with the Lord. Cause I feel like he is the one 
who calls us into relationship with each other. And so we have to be listening for his voice and to know, you know, what friendships is he calling me into for this season? Um, and like I said before, some of those, it's like, maybe you'll feel like a little disconnected for a while and God will kind of call you back to being friends again, like, or being deeper friends at a later time, but it's just kind of being aware of your present season and present circumstances and like being aware of your limitations, like as a new mom or something, you might have a lot less time. So it's like, maybe you really only can sustain like two or three friendships. And so you have to be prayerful about like, which ones, like if I have an hour to call a friend while the baby's napping, who am I going to call? Like, who Mm. is God calling me to like invest in, in this season? Um, but yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like it's really yeah. just kind of in that like abiding relationship with Jesus. We understand kind of like who we're being called to for specific seasons. Totally. I, I think you're exactly right. That's a lesson that it took me so long to learn because I'm one of those people that's like, I want to do it all. I want to be it all to everybody at all times. And it's just, I just can't. And so something that I've been learning, especially this year too, is just, I would rather give my best to a few then try to be there for everybody and just not be able to give my best. Even with my family, my close friends, my, you know, I just want to be able to show up and be present and intentional rather than spent because I'm trying to be available to everybody at all times. And, and even recently, it's something that I've learned, like, I don't have to be available or on call for anybody 24 seven, like we can set boundaries in place. It's good for us. And it actually equips us to be able to better serve the people that are in our lives. Like you said, the ones that God is calling us to invest in for that season, because as a mom or as a new wife, like those are the relationships that need the forefront of your attention and energy. And then it shifts and seasons change. And, you know, like there's margin for other people and new relationships and things. But I think that's something that was key for me recently to realize, to know now looking back, I'm like, man, I wish I would have thought about that sooner because I was so burnt out and exhausted all the time. And I think for me, it even frustrated some of those relationships. So going into that with that discernment has helped so much. And I love on your blog, how you have mentioned these seven standards for friendship. Could you break those down? Because as I was reading them all, he's like, this is so good. Thank you so much. Yeah. So that actually started as an article and it's so funny because it was basically, I had just moved from Colorado to Nashville and I was like, Oh, I'm being the new girl again. Like this stinks. And I am having such a weird time trying to navigate, like, who do I want to be friends with? Who do I want to invest in? Like back to that question, you know, it's just like, how do I figure this out? And so I was just kind of doing what I do, which is processing on paper. And so I was like, if I were going to come up with like rules and standards for friendship, what would they be? Mm -hmm. So I came up with these seven standards for friendship, honestly, based on just all the epic fails I had. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and publish it. And it was so crazy because I got such a like great response on that article. So then I turned it into a series on my blog because Mm. I was like, wow, like so many people related to this. So for everyone listening, like you're not alone if you're struggling. (laughs) It was like, everyone was like, oh, I feel this. Um, But yeah, so my first standard was just that my friends need to be healthy individuals. And that was something I learned the hard way because being the new girl, I realized that I, I kind of like, at first would attract unhealthy people, to be honest, because it was often those people who were like, just looking for anyone to talk to. Um, And I was like, wow, like if I'm going on a coffee date, and like, I never get to share anything, and I'm only like, 
supporting someone else. Like this isn't like a mutual friendship. It's just not going to work. Um, and of course we're sometimes like called into seasons of like sharing one another's burdens and stuff. And that's different. But for me, I was like, okay, I need to find people who have like a healthy relationship with God and don't need to like fully rely on me. Cause like we were talking about with like capacity and stuff. I was like, man, I just, I don't have the capacity in this season to be everything to a friend. Um, so that was number one for me. Second was I need friends who will champion me instead of competing. And that is like Mm -hmm. such a big one in culture right now too, because it's like, man, like, I don't want to be around people who have a scarcity mindset. I just want to be around people who are like the more, the merrier going back to like the connection between purpose and friendship too, like really willing to like, be like, I'm going to be the biggest cheerleader for your dreams. Like Mm. I'm not going to be threatened by you. I'm not going to be competitive with you. I'm going to be the one who's like lifting you up and saying like, I want you to go 10 times further than me every single time. Um, and that's what I want to do for my friends too. Like I'm always like, I want to be your biggest cheerleader. Like I want to be the person who is like, just behind you being like, yes, you go girl. Like I believe in your purpose. I believe in God's calling in, in your life. And yes, yeah, just cheering you on. Cause there's so much, um, just so much competition. And so I'm just like, I just can't do it. So that was another one for me. And so when I start to see signs of someone being competitive, I'm like, that's just not for me. Like, yeah. I just can't do it, you know? Um, and then the third was that consistency is king. And I love saying that because, um, I just feel like if you can't be consistent, then you're just not going to have the depth of relationship that I feel like God like invites us into. And Mm -hmm. so when I moved to Nashville, it was kind of a little bit of culture shock because it's a busy city. And so I thought it was so funny that people would be often like very unavailable. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I need to find people who are going to be available because for me, it's important to have those friends who can call in the middle of the night and be like, Hey, like I need prayer right now. Like, can you come over rather than people who are like, let's schedule this out. Um, and sometimes it's not like a bad thing. It might just be your seasons don't allow for you to be consistent at that time. Like you might actually like love the person and be like, wow, she would be a great friend. But right now, like we can only see each other once every six months. And so that's going to be a hard friendship to sustain. Cause then it's like a lot can happen in six months. Right. (laughs) That's a lot of just catch up instead of actually being like, Hey, I'm your prayer warrior. Like I'm behind you when you had a hard week, you know? Right. Um, And then my fourth one is just all about honesty because I also learned this one the hard way, but I think, um, I go both ways. So sometimes I can be like grace, 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 and just consistently forgive someone almost too much. And then, um, I can go the other way where I'm like assuming the wrong things, like assuming Mm. wrong intentions. But what I found is that there's some people who aren't necessarily like outwardly lying, but they're just being dishonest. And it's like, maybe they didn't intend to, but I just like, I need people who are open communicators and who are willing to enter into the hard conversations. Because like, for me personally, I think that's where I grow. Mm -hmm. And I also think that's where God is, you know, so our relationships, it's tempting to be like, oh, let's just like breeze past that. Cause that would be difficult. So let's just like forget about it and not go there. But it's like, actually, like when we enter into those honest, difficult conversations, that's where like the presence of the Lord is. And that's where we're going to grow and become, you know, better followers of Christ. So personally, I'm like, I'm all in on the hard conversations, even when that means picking up the phone, praying beforehand, praying through the conversation and being like, let's be open and honest about what we're feeling and be really vulnerable with one another. That's so Um, good. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's hard, but good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, my fifth one was just that it has to be mutual because I would try and make new friends. And I'd be like, wow, this person's so cool. And I would reach out, reach out, reach out, reach out. And I was like, man, like that was like eight rejections. And like, mm. you could scroll through my texts and see me like being like, this girl's awesome. Like, let's get coffee. Let's go to lunch. Like, let's do this. Let's do that. And get no, 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 no. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, maybe she doesn't have capacity for my friendship right now. And that's okay. I just need to find someone else who does. Yeah. So after a while, maybe it's time to, you know, find a new friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then with like the hard conversations and honesty was that I wanted people who could genuinely apologize. So mm. that was number six for me because we're all going to mess up myself included. And when that happens, like I also, not only do I want to be the person who is not afraid to pick up the phone and say, Hey, this hurt me. But I also want to be the person who's not afraid to pick up the phone and say like, Hey, I was convicted by the Holy spirit. And like, I said something wrong and I did mm. something wrong. And like, I want to apologize. Um, because I think that's super important. And I mean, even in marriage, like I still vividly remember the first fight my husband and I got in when we were dating and then like how close we were after, because it was like, when we worked through it, it was just like, wow, like God is with us and he's for us. And like, if we can get through this, we can get through anything. And then like, as you continue in your relationship, it's like, wow, every single time you like come into conflict and then move forward, it just feels like there's just like a different depth of relationship and more. Yeah. Um, so I think that's true in friendship too. So I actually even kind of get excited when I get into conflict with new friends. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm about to see like how they're going to handle this, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, this is going to be so good. Like we're going to, we're going to be able to apologize and like figure out like almost just like our ways of communicating and apologies. And like, you know, people like to be apologized to in different ways, kind of like the, the five love languages. There's yeah. Like, it's so interesting. So it's cool to get to do that with friends and to be like, okay, like how do I need to apologize to this person so that they really know like I meant it and um, then move forward. And I always feel way closer to my friends after we've had a conflict and been like, oh man, we got through that, you know? Yeah. It's like almost exciting. So, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. And then um, my last one was just that constructive criticism is very different from a critical spirit. And so that one I also learned the hard way because <laughs> I would just notice in people's language, that's usually kind of my thing because I'm a words person as you are as well. And so yes. I would notice just like, you can kind of tell the condition of someone's heart from their language, which like the Bible says that. And so yes. I would notice, you know, if they're continually just like critical all the time, that's going to impact me. And so I can't be around people who are just like really have a critical spirit and it's not just constructive criticism. I'm also a dreamer. So I do need friends who will say, Hey, that's probably not possible. Like, <laughs> I love your idea, but you know, that might not be realistic. Um, so I do need those friends, but that's very different from someone who's all the time, just like critical, doesn't have a hopeful worldview. Um, Cause I just think like you like when you know Jesus, you have hope. And so I want to be around people who are constantly reminding me of the hope that he provides for us. Yes. Um, yeah. Those are my seven standards. And that was a while ago too. So I feel like they're always constantly changing and being reworked, but those were the ones that came to mind when I was like new to Nashville and really kind of like sorting through like 
who am I going to invest in? Those are the things that stood out to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's so helpful because I feel like at least for me, that was stuff that I didn't necessarily think about when I used to have friendships and I would get frustrated and be like, why is there a disconnect? I don't really understand what's going on here, but I didn't really take the time to think about what my values were and if they were lining up with the other person's and if that might be part of the issue. But it's so helpful, even like you said, the, the five love languages of apologies too, like stuff like that just helps you so much in communication and assuming the best in them and not making assumptions or, you know, like just if, if you're not sure, just ask them, is there something going on? And little things like that where I'm like, yes, we have overcomplicated something that was meant to be so simple and beautiful and sweet to have people where, yes, it's not always easy. We do have conflicts, but when we look at it from that perspective, it's like, this is an opportunity for us to get stronger. It's a way to test our friendship and see like, okay, where are we at and how can we work together to get through this? If it's something that is mutually beneficial that we both want to get through together and we're both so much better for it on the other side, it makes our friendship stronger. And I just love that. And I think it's, it does bring so much hope when we can look at it from that perspective. But I know there are times when we are evaluating those things and we're like, okay, I just don't think this friendship is right for me right now. And maybe it's a toxic relationship or maybe it's just not the right one for right now. So please talk to us about what to do when it's time for the friend breakup. Oh, yes. It's like such a cringeworthy conversation, but also so necessary. Um, Yes, I have been through a friend breakup or two. (laughs) Just kidding, lots. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the first thing that I feel like I don't know that I kind of like look for as far as like friendship break breakups is like, just like giving myself permission to know that some friendships are seasonal. And I remember actually when I was leaving college, I had a really good friend who was a couple years or she was a year or two older than me. So she graduated before me. And I remember when she like said goodbye, it was just so sweet because she was like, you know, I'm so grateful that we had this season together to like walk Mm -hmm. alongside each other. And you could tell she just acknowledged and was like, grateful for the season but also was like but you're staying in college for a couple more years and I'm moving and it's fine um and just kind of like just this understanding that like maybe we would end up being friends again in the future but also like she was moving and I was staying on campus and that was that you know and I just remember being like wow like it's so beautiful that she feels like she just has the permission to move on and to invest in new relationships and Mm. she doesn't feel like she has to hang on to this Um, I definitely feel like I've been one to try and hang on to things. And it honestly kind of reminds me of like, you know, like an old pair of jeans in your closet that you're just for way too long. And you're like, maybe they'll fit again one day. Like, you know, you never know, but it's just clutter. And so it's okay to be like, wow, I'm so grateful for that friend. And like, they really were amazing for this one season or for this specific thing. Um, like we walked through something unique together and like, grew closer to Jesus together. And like, that was amazing, but also like, it might be time to move on. Like, that's okay. Um, and I think we have to give our friends that permission too, because sometimes it might be the friend who's like, Hey, I'm, I'm going somewhere different, like either physically or with the Lord, or, you know, they might not have time. And so it's like, it's okay to be like, Hey, like everything's for a season. That's what the Bible tells us. And so it's okay to just be like, it's time to move on. Um, and then also I think there are friendship breakups that are a little bit more messy and it's kind of like, wow, like our morals aren't lining up anymore. Mm. Um, and sometimes that's because we're the one who's like growing and kind of like the critical spirit example. Like, I feel like 
there's been times where I'm around people that I'm just like, man, like I get home and I feel exhausted and I just feel drained. And so that doesn't feel like life giving. And there's times where God calls us to be the person who is like, you know, with someone in a season like that. So we have to have that level of discernment of knowing, you know, like is God calling me to be an encourager to this person, even though it might feel kind of exhausting. Um, cause sometimes he might, but most of the time, like if you're coming home and you're just like, man, I'm just so tired after that, it might be time to just move on. And I always think of the verse that bad company corrupts good morals. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, if you're around someone who's just constantly like, feels like they're dragging you down or pulling you away from God. Like we have to prioritize our relationship with God first. Like we just have to. And so I don't think there's any guilt or shame in that. There's just freedom because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And so it's just like, it's okay to be like, Hey, like being around this person and hearing what they say or seeing like their outlook on life is just so hard for me that I need to walk away for right now. And also just knowing it can be a for right now. For me personally, that has always helped in friendship breakups to be like, I'm giving myself permission to walk away, but also like it could be seasonal. I think that always helps to be like, this doesn't have to be like a hard and fast. Like it can be right now, this isn't working. Maybe I'll reevaluate in six months. Yeah. So do you think that requires a conversation every single time or does it require a conversation at all? Yeah. Um, so that is like, I think that requires so much discernment. Um, so yes, (laughs) yes and no, I think, so there's certain people and like, you'll know based on like the depth of relationship too. Cause like we want to honor our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so like a lot of times I think honoring someone does look like a conversation because if it is like something that they might not even be aware of, like sometimes Mm -hmm. it is that God is like calling us to be that catalyst in their life and be like, Hey, like this is something that like, I feel like is impacting me right now in our relationship or if it's on your end too, like, and you're like, Hey, like, I actually really don't have capacity to like get coffee every week. Like we used to, um, let's like pick one day a month or something, or say like, after I get through this season, I'm going to reach out or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's like, um, there's another quote that's like clarity is kindness. And I really agree with that too. Cause I think like with our friendships, if we can be as clear as possible, I think that's often really kind. Yeah. I love that. I think that's such a good way to look at it. Cause it doesn't have to be this dramatic. We need to sit down and talk about how we're done. And like, you did this, this, and this, it could just be like, Hey, I just want to tell you where I'm at and I love you. And yeah. you know, like it could be for right now, but let's just, you know, and that is really freeing, like you said. So yeah, yeah I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. The thing that I wanted to touch on is with the rise of social media, I have definitely noticed that it's really easy to assume that people are busy and always hanging out with people or have a ton of friends. This is something that actually I have personally struggled with because there are some people in my personal life that are like, oh my gosh, you look like you're just running around all the time. And I didn't reach out to you because I just thought you'd be too busy to get together. And there are times when I'm like, that is not the case. I'm actually really lonely. Like I actually don't have any close relationships right now. Um, and that is hard. Um, so have you experienced that? And if so, what do you do when you feel lonely, whether or not it's social media related? 
Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> I've experienced it both ways. Um, one big way I experienced it actually that I just thought of was in college, I studied abroad and I did this super cool study abroad program. And of course I'm taking these awesome pictures, right? So I'm like going and visiting all these cool cities in Europe. And so I'm always posting all these amazing travel photos and like, look like I'm living the life. <laughs> I was so sad. It was one of the mm -hmm. most difficult seasons of my life. I was super lonely. I had very few friends and felt super disconnected. And so it was super interesting because when I got back on campus and told some of my close friends about how hard my experience was, they were shocked because mm -hmm. they were like, oh my gosh, like I was keeping up with you on social media. And I thought you were like loving this experience. And I was like, actually, it was really hard. Um, so that was like kind of a wake up call to me because I realized it wasn't on them. It was actually on me a little bit too, of being like, I never reached out and I never mm. said like, Hey, I'm really lonely. And like, I don't have a lot of friends in this program. And even though I'm like making it look like I'm having the time of my life online, I'm actually like really sad. Um, and then going the other way, when we moved to Nashville, I would start making friends. And of course, the first thing I do is like, oh, what's your Instagram? You know, uh -huh. <laughs> I would see all their pictures and be like, oh man, like this girl has so many friends. Like she probably doesn't need another one. Um, she's always busy or whatever. And I would talk to my husband about it. And I love how direct my husband is because <laughs> he is just like, I've learned so much about communication through him because he's just like, he's so direct. And so I would be like, man, like, I really want to get to know her, blah, blah, blah. But like, she's always with these girls from her small group. Like she'll never want to hang out with me. And he'd be like, well, why don't you just ask? Like, why don't you just ask? And so I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, took me by surprise, you know? Yeah. It's so funny because I realized once I reached out, it was very similar to what you experienced. A lot of times these people actually didn't have as many close friends as they seemed mm. um, to have. And then also like, I realized that it was more important to always extend the invitation, even if they were busy or even if they did say no, I always felt like, you know, at least I'm asking, like, at least I'm putting myself out there. And I've also talked a lot about rejection. And I think something that just fascinates me about the person of Jesus is he's so open to being rejected. Like he literally allows us to reject him as mm. our Lord and savior. And like, he continues to pour out his love on us. And so I'm like, obviously I should do that. Like, obviously I should be open to being rejected by other people. And wow. like, sometimes it hurts. Yeah. But also sometimes it ends up in like the best friendships that you never saw coming. And so it's like, I've got to open myself up to rejection and I've got to be willing to send the message, send the DM, send the invite, even if it's like, I don't know how this is going to go. Well, he's willing to open himself up to rejection from us daily. So why mm -hmm. can't we do it, you know, for other people in our lives? So right. I think it changed for me when I stopped like seeing it as like everyone else has friends except for me you know, that's kind of like a victim mindset too. And then yeah. just, I'm willing to be the person who gets rejected and I'm willing to be the person who sends the invitation. And then like, I think I've seen God work just in really incredible ways in doing that. Some of my best friends in Nashville have come from random DMs and it's honestly comical at this point because yeah. my friends are like, it's so crazy and so random how we met. And I'm like, yes, crazy and random, but also it's just obedience to the Lord, you know? Yes. I love that. I, I just think it's so funny too, that social media is, is something that's meant to make us feel so connected, you know, but it can cause so much disconnect and it can cause us to retreat when we just make those assumptions about other people. But I think you're so right. If we are just willing to risk the rejection, be an initiator, you just don't know who else is waiting 
I mean, if we're all feeling that, like, I want people to come to me, I want people to ask me and reach out and invite me, but everybody else is probably feeling the same way. So somebody is going to have to step out and just do it. And Jesus always did. Um, And it didn't matter his response. He was just there and he was ready and he was available and he was always extending love. I love that so much. So as we're wrapping up, I would just love to hear, like, what are some ways maybe besides what you've already mentioned that we can practically start to cultivate better friendships today? Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, I think the first one is just being an open, open and honest communicator. So if like you were saying, like, if that's an expectation we have for other people, um, like I want to always be holding myself to that standard. So I want to be open and honest when I invite someone to something. I want to be open and honest when I'm ending a friendship and why I'm ending it, if I can be, you know, Um, and then also just with all the assumptions, there's a Brene Brown. I think she talks about like making up stories in your head. And it's super Mm -hmm. interesting because our brains like want a conclusion so badly that we'll just make one up. Right. Like the story's finished. So, um, I definitely do that as a creative, you know, I'm like, Oh, let me just finish this story in my mind. But instead of doing that, like I would challenge anyone listening to be like, instead of just assuming what my friend is thinking or assuming what she's feeling, I'm going to actually just be open and honest and go and ask her and say, you know, this hurt me. And I'm assuming you intended it too, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's super vulnerable, but then maybe they'll be like, Oh my gosh, no, I had no idea. Like, this is what I was going through on that day or whatever. And then again, that like allows us to enter into those moments of growth. Um, And then another one is I just think to look for people who you admire, because I think like I try and look for people who I'm like, wow, like she knows God in a way that like challenges me. And so I just want to be around her Mm -hmm. because it's like, I just admire that and I want to learn from her and I'm going to grow in that. So I'm just going to hang out with her, you know? So look for those people who, um, you feel like God is kind of highlighting to you and then prayer, because honestly, like a lot of my friendships where they're at today, it just wouldn't be possible without God in the picture. And so I think sometimes we try and kind of like be like, oh, we can do this on our own, you know, like muscle up and like go after it and like get the <laughs> friends. But um, I think if we're not inviting God into the conversation, it's just not going to work out. And so mm-hmm. just continuing to invite God into the conversation, whether it's initiating a friendship or possibly ending one or walking through a difficult season together, just making sure that you're always, you know, discerning and asking the Holy Spirit, like, where are you in this? What are you teaching me? Um, What friendships do you want me to be in? Like, where's my capacity for this season? And just continuing to kind of like, actually ask God those things and reflect on it and like set expectations. And Mm. yeah, with that too, like asking God, like, what are my expectations for friendship and where did they come from? Because if they're not from you, like, I don't want them. Mm, That's so good. Okay. One final thing. What would you say to the woman who is really struggling in her friendships right now? Well, first I would tell her that there's hope. Um, if she's been hurt by friends, I think that God will absolutely bring her healing. And if she's lonely and in need of friends, God will provide the people that she needs in this season. I would encourage her to be prayerful about her friendships and to also take action. And I think I would also say as much as she's longing for a friend, someone else is probably longing for a friend too. And so you could be someone else's answer to prayer. So Mm -hmm. I would say go out there in boldness and encourage and keep trying because someone else needs you just as much as you need them. 
That is so good. This has all been so good. Thank you so much for being willing to share not only your story, but your wisdom and all your insights. I know even for me, I can't wait to listen back to this, <laughs> but you, you're just amazing. And I'm so excited because you actually have a book coming out soon. So yes. tell us about your book. Tell us where everyone can connect with you and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited too. Um, so yeah, so my book is coming out very soon. Um, the best way to keep up with me is through my blog and it's mrsmollywilcox.com. You can subscribe. I send out a weekly email with a Devo and then usually a lifestyle post and sometimes the poetry and fun things. And that's where I will be announcing the name of the book and including details about the launch team. Um, and then also Instagram is a great place and that's just at mrsmollywilcox or not.com. Well, <laughs> just at Mrs. Molly Wilcox and same for Pinterest. So those are also good places. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited. There's multiple chapters about friendship in the book because I really just believe that God wants more for you than you think. And so that's kind of my main message is just that God wants more for you than you think. And I think that applies to our career, but also applies to our friendship. So yeah. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Well, thank you again so much for being here. Everyone who's listening, please go follow Molly. She is she is sharing more like this all the time. And it's so encouraging. Just hearing what she has to say is always an inspiration and an encouragement. So go follow her and you better get ready because her book is coming soon. I cannot wait to get my hands on it. But seriously, thank you so much for being here, Molly. It has been so, so good. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the ByWords podcast. I love having you here and I'm so grateful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode and tag me to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to connect with me over on Instagram and in the ByWords community group, which you can find links for in the show notes. Until next time, stay brave and remember, I'm cheering you on.